0: Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. And give me.
1: Jesus, Lord, may you just come on the scene tonight for every need, Lord, every harsh desire, every burden, Lord, God, you see those there in Johnson City suffering, the church body, the family, the Parker Reagan family, Lord, and God, we go with them and we we bind together, Father, as a, a body of believers tonight, Lord, and Lord, we're so thankful that we have a hope more than a hope father we have an anchor God we have a rock that's steadfast and sure Lord and have promise of another tomorrow Lord Lord we're just pilgrims and strangers just passing through this land Lord and we know Lord there's a, there's a crossing over there's a better time a better place so Lord we just come to you tonight in a midweek service and Lord you see what you've laid upon the, my heart tonight and we just want to get ourselves out of the way and allow you to deliver Lord that which you've placed there And I pray, Lord, we would come as a people. Lord, I know many of us, our hearts may be heavy tonight, but God, may you just take the words and break the bread of life. Lord, anoint our ears to hear what the Spirit would have said in this hour, for this service, for this moment, Lord. We ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, we'll have you look here in Philippians 1 and verse 6. We're also going to look in Hebrews 12 and verse 2 for our, our two places of Scripture reading tonight. We find here in Philippians 1 and verse 6, it says, being confident of this very thing that he which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So notice, he He which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Also, Hebrews 12 and verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. God bless you, saints. You can have your seats tonight. I want to speak to you tonight as I was sitting here Sunday and taking in the great message that Brother Tim had preached on on the crossing over. And believe that we are people that has crossed over. I believe we got to come out of this time element that we're in, understanding that we live in it day by day. But I think this is we got to look beyond the the natural, the humanity, and look into a land that flows with milk and honey. And I was as I was thinking there and just listening to it, the Lord just kind of dropped this in my heart. He said, He will finish it. So I want to speak to you tonight on he will finish it and we find here this word finisher in Hebrews 12 and verse 2 It means he will he's the completer He's the perfecter. So this is who God is. This is one of his Attributes is he is a completer He is a perfecter. He's not like You and I who could start a job only To stop halfway. God doesn't Stop halfway. If God Ever starts something, God's going to see it All the way through to completion And we find here that You as sons of God and and myself We as believers tonight We can be confident of this Very thing that he which began The good work, he that started this good work in you will perform it otherwise he will complete it So this good work is a work that only God does. It's not anything to do with man. This is called the work of God, the work of the Lord, or the work of Christ. And Paul is affirming here that man has nothing to do with this work. This is solely on God and God's merits and God's claim and God's God's, uh, purpose for your life. Man has nothing to do with it. We find in John 1 and verse 12, But as many that have received him, notice, to them gave them... or he gave them the power to become the sons of God. Nothing that we had to do, nothing that your favorite preacher had to do, nothing that a service had to do with it, but God Almighty, because he knew there would be sons and daughters of God that would come to this truth. So God started the work, and God provided you the avenue to which you can become yet a son and daughter of God. Notice he says now, Even to them which believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. All this is because God. So we find here we can be confident. Even in our lowest days, our lowest, weakest moments, even in our most frail uh, uh, humanity and our sickest elements in life, notice the times of despair when we lose a loved one. We can still be confident of this very thing, that he that began the good work. And let me tell you, it's a good work, church. Some of you look back over your life and see where you were and see where you are now. It's a good work. Matter of fact, it's a great work. And not man could do this work. Man doesn't have the longevity to perform this, but Almighty God does. God started it, God will finish it. Notice now we can be confident that God began the work. Notice, where did He begin it? In the thoughts, in His thoughts. You know, Brother Jackson, you got good thoughts, but tomorrow your thoughts can change. But if God ever had a thought about you, it's a perfect thought. It's an eternal thought. It's an everlasting thought. It's a thought not only in your beginning and your origin, but God's already saw that thought to completion. I say, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord tonight. Some of you are facing some difficult moments in life. But I want you to know God has already seen the finished product. God has already seen you in victory. God has already said, I am going to finish it. I started it. I'll see it to completion. He desired. Notice God desired to have fellowship with you. Amen. Come on, church. It should have been a better amen than that. Amen. God desired to have fellowship with you. He knew what age to bring you in. He knew what family to allow you to be born into. He washed over that seed. He knew what church to place you in. Because a certain atmosphere can quicken that seed and bring the full development of what God has intended. See, if God was so careful to bring you in this age into the prospective family in which you were born in, a family that believes the message, place you in the right church with the right atmosphere, I ask you, won't he finish what he started? If he thought so much and watched over that seed all the way down through world wars, through fires and calamities, God has always watched over that seed. He began it not when you came to the earth, not when you came to the altar, not when you were born again. But God started that in his very thoughts that he had of you before you ever came here. Notice, and the Bible tells us that the work now that he started, he's going to complete. This word work there means something which he undertakes. Yeah, right. It can be done by the accomplishment of his hands or the industry or his mind. So God started in His mind. God was not God, but before yet He made the angels, and when He made the angels and they worshiped Him, then He became God. But God wanted somebody that would love Him, somebody that would reciprocate that same love that He has for His creation. Therefore God thought of you. Come on even tonight, wake up tonight. God thought of you. Why? Because you're the only one that can reciprocate the love of God. Oh, my. He said he will perform it. That word there, perform, means to bring to an end, to finish, to complete, to perfect. You look in the mirror every morning, you see a lot of flaws, at least I do. Oh, but when I look through God's mirror, when he looks at me, he's not looking at my frail humanity. He's not looking at my weaknesses. He's not looking at me in my difficulties. No, God is looking at me at the very thought that he had. And as your prophet said, he took a picture of you at your best. Come on, even the light. He took a picture of you at your best. You didn't remember that. But God does because you was in his thoughts. And what he saw there, he's going to manifest here. Notice, he will perform. He will carry it forward to completion. He will perfect it. Yes, sir. Yes, that's right. It will be carried through to the end. So when did this work begin? You find the answer in the Easter seal. He said there's only one life, one eternal spirit, one eternal life, and that's God. God alone is eternal. And then we being his children are part of him. That is the attributes of his thinking and the thought is expressed and becomes a word, then each individual here, come on, are you here tonight? Let your mouth know it. Let your head know it. Let your body know it. I'm here. We're here. He says we're here tonight that possesses eternal life, was before the foundation of the world in God's thinking. So all of you here tonight that, was, that are here, and I'm assuming you are, that you possess eternal life, you was in God's thinking before the foundation of the world. He said this is the only way it could be because you're an attribute. Yeah. So you are an attribute of God. That's right. That's right. Amen. You and all your issues. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. All your family strains, all that that God mixed into that and made you who you are. Yet God said, that's my attribute. And yet all we can see is all the issues, but God don't see issues. God sees perfection. Because God's not looking at the in-between. He's looking at the beginning. Alpha is going to be omega. And omega is going to be alpha. They're going to be the same, church. And notice what he says now. We become sons and daughters of God. Through that same spirit, by the same foreknowledge of God. We are an attribute of God. That's an expression of a thought and has become a word. And the word has to take in life and it's eternal. Oh, church. It means that what he started out with Genesis, he will finish in Revelation. Not that, oh, I'm going to have stars and I'm going to have moons and I'm going to have mountains and I'm going to have beaches and I'm going to have this age and that age. No, God had a lot more going on in the beginning. God had a desire, an overwhelming desire. What was God doing? God had a desire to have a family. I know I preached on this, but I'm going to keep preaching on until God gets it off my heart. But God had a desire to have a family. You know, I told my wife when I got married, I was predestinated to be married. I didn't like to be alone. Come on. Oh, man, I got one, two brothers got their hand raised up. Come on, church. Man, I hated being alone. Oh, but I'm going to tell you, I was meant to be married, and God hates to be alone. God didn't want to just dwell with his thoughts. God wanted those thoughts to come into manifestation. He wanted somebody that he could love. And more important, he wanted somebody that would love him back. So you were in God's thinking when God was desiring a family. Yeah, right. See, so he was expressing this great desire to have a bride. And God, when he had those thoughts, he had you in his mind. Right. You were part of that before you was ever born, before you ever had that first trial, that first sickness, that first heartache over a loss of a one, before you ever felt lonely and rejected and dejected. God had you in his thinking. Where did he, what did he say to Job? Job, where were you? You know, Job had a lot of calamities in life. Job's lost his health. He lost his wealth. He lost his children. His wife, someone, she just cursed God and die?" And yet God said, Job, where were you before all this took place? Before you was ever born, he was reminding Job, Job, you was on the other side with the sons of God shouting and rejoicing. God didn't see Job's difficulties. He didn't see Job go down in defeat. No, but God saw Job rejoicing over his calamities. God saw jo- Job rejoicing in victory because he didn't let these things pull him down because he knew that all oh, blessed be the Lamb of the Lord though the skin worms destroy this body yet in this place I'm going to see my creator. I'm going to see the one that had me in this thought before the foundation of the world. See God and God doesn't see your defeat church. He sees your victory. He sees your victory. The Bible would tell us in 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13 that God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we were chosen not from our birth. We were chosen not when we accepted Christ as our savior. We were chosen not when we came to the altar at a special meeting, but we were chosen from the beginning he will tell us in Ephesians that we are chosen where in him. Oh, church, never forget these fundamentals. Because when you're flat on your back and the devil's war, you need to realize where you came from. You need to realize that God has jurisdiction over your life Not the devil You didn't come from the devil You came from God You came from the eternal thoughts of God And if those thoughts are eternal And you were yet there And now you possess the Holy Spirit That means that God's going to see What he started way back then All the way through And you will be here when there is no tomorrow You will be here when there is no more devil You will be here when there is no more cancer No more heart trouble No more diabetes You will still be here. Why? Because you came from Almighty God. And God is here today to tell you even like Tabernacle, I will finish it. I will finish what I started. Don't be distracted by what's going on in the political system, in the nations around us. Don't be afraid of what you see. I, God, put you here. I will see you through. We were chosen in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy. Without blame before him in love. Having made known unto us. Notice, he made known unto us. Not everybody, but unto us. That's right. The mystery of his will. Right. According to the good pleasure which he had purposed in himself. Now, in the church age, I love what Brother Bram says there. He says, herein now is set forth the love of God. Anybody want to know this? Yes. Are y'all ready to be just close and go on home that we had church? See, he does, I notice he said he desired in love a family of his own. A family of sons, sons like himself. See, there before him lies all of mankind as one lump of clay. And out of that same lump, he will now make vessels unto honor and unto dishonor. The choosing will be his own choosing. Then those chosen ones born of his spirit will be trained to conform to the image in, where, in their walk. So they're going to be trained to conform in the image of their walk. And if you go into Christ, the mystery of God revealed, we understand that in the back part of God's mind. Yeah. I love how Brother Wayne brought this out the other night or the other day when he was talking about... Uh, uh, Or Brother Matthew Spencer and how he was born and at what time he knew, what time he knew this, he knew his weight, he knew all these things. But yet he doesn't have any recollection. The only way that he remembered, the only way that he knows is because it was sat in the memory of his mother. And what am I telling you tonight? You may not remember your origin. You may not remember these things. But in the mind of God, God remembers it. And therefore God is coming to tell you, I'm going to finish it. This is what I'm thinking of. You're not some cast down little nobody just barely getting by. You are the queen of heaven. You almighty God is in love with you tonight. And he's just looking for you to love him back. Look beyond your fears. Look beyond your difficulties and look to the author and the finisher of our faith tonight. He's the one. So in his great mind, he wanted these attributes to be expressed. In him was love. In him was to be a father. In him was to be a son. In him was to be a savior. In him was to be a healer. All these great attributes that we see already expressed, they were in God. Notice, God had a purpose and a hidden mystery. And he says, and that's what I want to speak on in this church. Scene, his hidden mystery of God that he had in his mind before the world ever began. And how that it's unfolded itself right down. To this present hour that we're living in. I don't think we have to cut this off and say that only applied to 1963. But I believe we can bring that down today, church. That God is still unfolding that hidden mystery. And it's a revelation to those that will receive the revelation of it. Notice God's great mystery of how it's a secret. He kept it a secret. Nobody knew nothing about it. Even the angels didn't understand it. And the reason there was silence in heaven for a a space of a half hour, and the seven thunders uttered their voices, and John was forbidden to write it. See, it's the coming of the Lord. So this great mystery, this great mystery secret was his coming, but not in groom form. This secret was his coming in bride form. Is him coming now Manifesting your life Him living and manifesting in the sons of God Bringing forth the attributes That all things that God had wanted Ever since the foundation of the world He had typed it in the Bible He had typed to Abraham and a Sarah That somebody's going to have a body change And go back to youth again He typed it church He typed it all the way down through with Boaz and Ruth He He's going to take a Gentile bride He typed it in Joseph Taking a Gentile bride He typed it in Salmon And Rahab there Why? And Rahab was found in the lineage of God Because some of us have been ungodly Some of us have prostituted our time But God ain't looking at today God is looking at what he had in his mind And he said I'm going to finish it I'm going to finish what I started You was in my thinking I'm going to bring it down into the manifestation In Laodicea I'm going to call out a bride Excuse my excitement But this thrills me Notice now he has showed it or revealed it in every type that's in the Bible. Therefore, the entire Bible is the revelation of God's mystery in Christ. The entire Bible is an expression of one goal. Woo! Right. One goal. Yeah. God ain't flirting around with denominational believers. He's got one goal. I want a wife. Oh my. There's men that go all over this country looking for them a good wife. Some of them came here, we had to kick them out. We got a high standard, don't we, Brother Tim? We got good women. I mean, good sisters, excuse me. Sorry about that, Ma. We got got a high standard, not just anybody. And God's looking. He's looking for somebody that's going to match, be a match piece. Bone of his bone, character of his character, life of his life. Is she suitable to be my wife, to be my bride? Because he's looking for those thoughts being made manifest. Notice, we find everywhere in the Scriptures, it's always been about Christ and a bride. Just as you brothers, and I hope this is true, it is for me, but just as you brothers enjoy and love the company of your wife, nobody can soothe you like your wife. Nobody can just pet you like your wife and take that old mean spirit off of you. Nobody can love you like your wife. And one of my... (laughs) Amen, yeah. So, what am I telling you? Many people wonder, they go around and they wonder, well, God, what's my purpose? Why am I here? God created you so that you can love Him. That's your purpose, is to love God. Do you realize nobody can love Him like you? And nobody can love you like Him. It's a match made in heaven. Did you hear what I said? It's a match made in heaven. And let me tell you, when I proposed to my wife And I flew to Hawaii And I arranged it all Me and Sister Rachel from the airplane This is what I want, this is the time I want it I want to do this I had prearranged everything All I had to do was wait till she got there Oh, hallelujah If you understand what I'm talking about right now God has been waiting He's made all the arrangements He's going to finish it He's just looking for his wife to get there To get in position And let me tell you, brother, when she got in position I stepped out Oh, there's just a moment of time when you get in that godly position that God ordains you to be in. He's gonna step out from the ramparts of glory and come down and snatch away his bride and take her to a wedding supper of the Lamb. He's gonna finish this work, church. He's made your proposal. He ain't backing off of it. He's steadfast and true. He's gonna go through with this marriage. But you gotta get yourself ready. You've got to allow yourself to get ready. He said he would take out a Gentile for his name's sake. Notice, when the Jews rejected it, the Gentiles received it, which was a type of the bride. So he would call out a people out of the Gentiles for his name. And let me just say this Satan is doing everything he can to ambush this union. Satan is doing everything he can to keep this marriage from happening, to keep the bride from uniting with the groom, to get the bride to fall out of love with him and to fall into love with all these other things, all these vices, and oh, now you can really be free and no longer held in bondage by all these laws of do's and don'ts. But I want you to know, church, Satan doesn't have enough power to stop what God already set in motion. He doesn't have enough power. He doesn't have enough imps. He doesn't have enough devils in hell that can stop what God already set in motion in the beginning right. when God thought of you. Yes, sir. Those thoughts are going to come to completion. So God so loved you that even when Satan marred Eden's perfection and he was casting out his son and his daughter, he said, hold up a second. And he said, Brother Brown would tell us those four-letter word, L-O-V, begin to fall down. And the blood slapping, bloody sheepskin slapping against his garment as they were walking out. But he said, Hold up, I will put enmity between thy seed and the seed of the serpent. What was he saying? He said, There is gonna come a savior. God was saying, this is not the end of it. I'm going to finish this. I'm going to provide you a Savior, and his heel will bruise his head, and his head will bruise his heel. What was God saying? God said, this ain't over. This ain't the finality of it. I'm still on the throne. I'm still going to see this work all the way through. I will have a bride, and I'm going to take her back to another Eden. And this time, let me tell you, church, in Satan's Eden, he's calling out a perfect Oh, hallelujah. Somebody should say amen to that. In all the chaos you look around. Wars and rumors of wars, national strife, and yet in through all of this, God is calling out an elect. Oh, hallelujah. See, Satan was confident that he conquered God's purpose and he ruined his, his plan of perfection of a garden and a family. But God had attributes. See, God had attributes to be a savior. So in order to be a savior, he had to have man to be able to fall in order that he could be the savior. Notice now he says, how could he save lest there's something lost? And if God was attributes before there was an angel or a molecule or anything, God was by himself alone, but he wasn't God because God is an object of worship. There was nothing for him to worship or to worship him, nothing to worship him, but his attributes, attributes displayed something and made an angel. Then he was God. Then he made man. Give him free moral agency, and he failed. Then when he failed, he became a savior, and in the fall, he took sickness, so he became a healer. See, it's all displaying God's attributes. But in this great God, Elohim was attributes. There was attributes to, there to be God, attributes to be a father, attributes to be a son, attributes to be a savior, attributes to be a healer. All these attributes was in God. And it looked like it was over. Perfection was over. Uh, God, was, God was only making a, a masterpiece. God started a masterpiece. What he was going to do and bring it out all the way. And it's going to bring it through seven church ages. He's going to have a bride out of every age. But let me just tell you, she's going to culminate in that final age. Oh what well, he planted in that first stage as an infant bride. She's going to come to maturity, and she's going to be bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, power of his power. She is going to be the very manifestation of God Himself. Everything that he believes, she believes. She knows what he wants done with his word, or she keeps still. She's not moving unless Papa God or husband tell her to move. Why? Because her desires is to Him and to Him alone. It ain't to family. It ain't to friend. It ain't to favorite preacher. It ain't to some church. It ain't to some. Denied- Domination. It ain't to some job. It ain't to some school. It ain't to some career. Her love and her affection is solely unto her creator. And he knows that. Therefore, he comes service after service. That's why he chips. That's why he molds. That's why he rubs. That's why he shapes. Because God is shaping a masterpiece. And some of you, ouch. Some of you, oh, well, somebody must have told the preacher and stepped on my toes. No, God is perfecting his masterpiece because he's going to finish it. What Michelangelo had in his mind, Brother Tim, he had to see it all the way through fruition. And when it met, it met what he felt was perfect, then he spoke to it and struck it. Oh, church, don't you see what God is doing in this hour? God said, you must prophesy again. You had reached that final perfecting element. To where now it's not him speaking, but it's now you are the final voice to the final age. Now God's coming in bride form to finish what he didn't finish when he was here in groom form. Oh, church. Notice what he says here in Laodicea in church age. He said his very existence is for his own. His love. He loves them and cares for them. His eye is ever upon them. And we find, and I believe in Zechariah somewhere, he says, He that touches Israel touches the apple of his eye. Let me tell you, you are the very apple of God's eye. And when you look into the apple or the pupil of a man's eye, you see a reflection of the man. Otherwise, it's called the little man of the eye. And what God is saying, when I look into your eyes, I see myself. And when you look into the eyes of God, you see who God is. What am I telling you, church? When they touch you tonight, with that devil of hell trying to touch his little brother? He touches the very apple of God's eye He touches the very heart of God, Almighty God And he's got heaven on his hand. God's going to finish this work Netanyahu made a comment the other day He said, oh Israel, we didn't start this war But we will finish it let me tell you, devil, we didn't start this war, but there's a bride here tonight, and she is going to finish. She's going to be bone of his bone, life of his life. She's going to receive that work, and we will finish this work. God is going to have a bride. God is going to have a body. God will finish this work. Oh, my. We finally... Jeremiah 29, he was telling us, I know the thoughts. I know the thoughts. How did he know the thoughts? Because they originated before the foundation. I know the plans. I know the purpose. And he says, thoughts of peace, completion, finish work. God already knows all this. The problem is, we don't know it. All right? But you got to start combing this word. Because everything you need is right here. Just start. God, you know the thoughts you have toward me. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring me to an expected end. God, you already know the end from the beginning. You know the beginning and you know my ending. Oh, church. See, you're the focus of God's attention. My wife, she's the focus of my attention. There's a lot of nice looking sisters here, but you don't have my attention. And there's a lot of nice ladies out there, a lot of nice churches out there doing God great things, but they don't have his attention. You have his attention. You have his attention. And he has your attention. That's why we can create an atmosphere on a Wednesday night to where our Wednesday night service can be as climactic as Sunday because there's no falling off on a Wednesday night. No, because why? Because we have his attention and he has ours. He wants every service to be a love affair. To where he comes and begins to reveal himself to you in a way that maybe you have not quite known. Notice what he says here. Let me just say what he says. This word focus, a synonym for focus means Emphasis, heart, motivation, concentration. So you are the focus of his attention. You are the emphasis. You are his heart. Amen. You are his concentration. Yes, yeah. See, his seed is his focus. And I got a whole another series on that or another study on that alone. And, but we find, see, so, and when he said, let's make man in our image, you were that focus then. And now we find ourselves down in the last church age, and he's not lost focus, church. You still have his attention. There's going to be a bride. There's going to be someone that's going to love me and love and receive my message. There's going to be a Rebecca that listens to that Eliezer and says, oh, I didn't know him. I don't know what he looks like. All I've heard is all these things, but I'm in love with him already. No, she didn't fall in love with Eliezer. She fell in love with Isaac. And her heart longed to meet Isaac. Oh, church. Amen. I hope your heart tonight is longing to meet your Isaac, to meet him. So notice, he never stopped thinking of his bride. We find here in Psalms 121 and verse 1 Oh, song of degrees, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which had made heavens and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from the time forth even evermore. Notice, you are God's absolute focus in this hour. He knows you're going in. He knows you're coming out. He knows your good days. He knows your bad days. He knows when you're sick. He knows when you're not sick. He knows when you're up. He knows when you're down. But I want you to know you got God's attention and you got God's obligation. I'm going to watch over you through the thick and thin of it. I'm going to see you crest every wave. I'm going to see you climb every mountain. And I'm going to bring me with you when you pull through the valleys. I'm going to be there. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you, but I will finish what I started. He would tell us in Job, or Job, excuse me, Job 2 verse 25, I will restore. The word restore means to finish. I will finish it. All that the caterpillar, canker worm, polymer worm, locust, all that they ate, I'm going to finish it. Yeah, right. I'm going to make good on my promise. Right. Oh, come on, church. Yeah. He said, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Right. There ain't no lack of food at evening like Tabernacle church. There ain't no lack of food. You get fed Sundays, Wednesdays, and if we had church seven days a week, I promise you, we'll be fed seven days a week. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God. Oh, Satan, you might as well take your hand off of this bride tonight, because we're not eating at your table. We're feasting on heavenly manna. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God. Sometimes we just need to be reminded that he's in our midst and that he is the Lord our God. I will restore. What is God saying? He's prophesying that what I started, I'm going to finish it. And there ain't no devil. There ain't no canker worm. There ain't no church politics. There ain't no favorite this and favorite that and jealousy this and this one here. Big eyes and little hues is going to get in my way. I'm going to finish. I'm going to have a bride. Oh yeah, I am going to have a bride. And his word, notice what he says here in trying to do God a service without being the will of God. God promised that he would bring his bride out what he would do, he said, there would be a seed, there would be a light in the evening time. How he would do all these things just exactly. And by the way that he originally planted in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and it isn't through denominations. God had a plan, and that plan was always revealing his word through the prophets. Amen. And God already put it in the scriptures. Malachi 4, behold, I sin who? I send You. You. My bride, I'm sending you an Eliezer. I'm sending it to you. I'm going to finish it. Don't fall in love with Eliezer. Be thankful, God. He's, gonna, he's the one that's going to get you to me. But God wants you to fall in love with him. But God has placed it all the way through the scriptures. Luke 17, 30. Revelations 10, 7. All this. Why God is getting a bride ready? Because he's got an obligation. He's got a desire. I want a family. The only way I can have a family is i got to have a wife. i got to have a bride. i got to have a match piece that we can bring forth life in this album. And God's desire is to have that wife. Somebody that he can just pull up close to him. And whisper those secrets. How many of you brothers tell your wife secrets? Yeah. Well, I mean, three of y'all. Amen. Well, you tell your wife everything. You should. Yes, sir. You, tell her, you know, tell her things, Brother L, that you don't normally tell anybody else. Because right. there's a special bond, there's a special connection, there's a special relationship. And that's what God has done. He's brought you close, and He's whispering those things to you because there's a special connection, Amen. a special bond. He can't just tell it to everybody. It's not for everybody, Amen. but it's for you. Right. Go on whisper in her ear, brother Hell. Tell her you love her. So <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. You're too busy over there talking. <laughs> there you go. That's what you do. He said the evening message must carry evening results. Amen. We're not in the first age church. We're in the last stage. Right. It's the evening time message. It's got to produce evening time results. What are those results? A bride. Amen. Right. A bride. The evening message must sow evening seeds, not morning seeds, evening seeds. Is that right? Midday scene, he said, its seeds back there was denomination. It died, perished. But evening time message. We'll show evening time light. We'll show evening time results. Evening time message. Jesus time. Midday message. Show midday results. But the beginning message show the beginning the beginning results made creation. He made a son in his image in the midday. But in the evening time, he makes a bride for it. What by? By the word. How did he form the earth? He said he spoke it into existence by the word. Who, is, who, who was the son? His word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. How will he take his bride? By the word. Yeah. Not by a new cart. Not by some theologian's idea but according to his word he will identify her. And the fact that you can receive this message and receive a prophet right. and receive the prophet's reward. What is that? Becoming the bride. That's right. Shows that God has got you as his focus. But we find today in the hour in which we're living in, I'm about to speed on through here, but we find in the hour we're living in, in the evening time, there's also a thing called Satan's Eden. Right. And we find that Satan is so longed to have what God has. That he injected himself in humanity because Satan could not create in the beginning. He cannot create now. But he knew that God had a plan, God had a desire, and that desire was to to have a family and Satan so long to inject himself in humanity that he crossed over. He knew that he couldn't come into humanity, but he came through the serpent, and the serpent seduced Eve, and that's how he injected himself into the human race, and he brought all the fall, brought all the destruction, but yet it was all working according to the plan of God, because in God's mind, he wanted to be a savior, he wanted to be a healer, he wanted to be a deliverer. when cancer would strike your body. He wanted to be the one that says, I put my foot on it. i finish this tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. No cancer could stand before the believer's prayer. Not even cancer, church. And if it means so much for that, what about every promise that lays in there? Satan has attacked his body. He's attacked his bride. But God has the final say. Amen. Brother Bram said he had 6,000 years to create this scene, And what a wonderful creation we're living in. I mean, look at Israel right now, bombarded on every side. Yes. Look at the LBGTQ agenda coming after your kids. Look at the stuff that you can't even hardly listen to on the, on the radio anymore because it's all a conglomeration of filth. Things on the movie scene, you got nothing. If you t- have any kind of commercials, trying to look at anything decent, and there's commercials, it's all about filth. It's all about from that region of darkness. Everything is just coming up with the purpose in the plan to destroy the elect. But see, see, Satan's plan, his purpose was to inject himself in the human race in order to destroy the sea line of God. Right. That's right. But God's purpose in his plan is to protect. That's right. To protect, to shield, right. to finish what he started.
0: That's right.
1: He's gonna have a masterpiece. He would tell us in the exposition of the church ages, Christ in the true, the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts. Right. Notice, but the book of Revelation shows how that the Antichrist spirit will come into the church and defile it, making it lukewarm, formal, and powerless. And see, that's Satan's whole desire, is that to get into the message churches today and make them formal, lukewarm, and have no power to live a righteous life. To live above sin. Don't preach on emotion. or You can't have emotion because that's power. You can't have this and you can't have that. And you, gotta, you just got to receive it just as it comes. We got the word. Now the revealed word. That's all you got to just nod your head to it. Don't say amen because that makes too much of a ruckus. But I heard today Brother Brown said everywhere Jesus went there was a lot of racket. Put yourself in blind Bartimaeus' shoes. You would be calling on him too. You'd be calling on God. You said you, by your stripes I'm He'll Finish it now. But he says, notice now, he says, he knows that if the people get the true revelation of the true church and what she is and what she stands for and that she can do the greater works, she will be an invincible army if they get a true revelation of the true spirits, of the two spirits within the framework of the Christian church and by God's spirit discern and withstand the antichrist spirit. So we find that Satan has injected himself through cold formal theology. Cold, formal theology, got him into the human race. His purpose is to destroy the sea line of God, to have preeminence in the church, to be worshiped as God, sitting in the temple of God. So Satan's purpose, Brother Bram says, from Eden was to make himself an Eden and exalt himself above so that the stars of God would worship him, sons would worship him. And he absolutely had carried it out now. Now, if Satan has brought his Eden to its perfection, what about God? God ain't promising another Eden here, but he's promised perfection in the Eden. What is that perfection? It's a body. It's a bride. And she is going to be bone of his bone, life of his life. So Satan's purpose was to seduce and deceive the elect seed of God, to worship him in his Eden by his Man-made religion which mirrors true worship but lacks the power to live a victorious life. Amen. It's a religion built on education, intellectual understanding, and not a revelation, but God's purpose is to preserve and to pre- and protect that elect see to rapture and catch away the elect from out of Satan's end. Amen. So we go on to find here, what the Bible would tell us in the Pergamum church age, he said, in these last days, The true bride church, Christ's seed, will come to the headstone. She will be a super church. This is what he's talking about you tonight. She will be a super church, a super race. As she nears him, they and the bride will be so much like him that they will even be in his very image. This is in order to be united with him. They will be one. They will be the very manifestation of the word of the living God. And he says, from this little group of true seed of the word, God will present Christ with a beloved bride. She is virgin of his word. She is a virgin because she knows no man's creeds or dogmas, but by and through the members of the bride will be fulfilled. All that was promised of God to be manifested in a virgin. And he would tell us, I no longer call you church, but I call you bride. Notice, that was the name not that a prophet put on you, but God put on you. God was showing a distinction. You're not part of this. I've separated you from this. I'm calling you bride. I'm calling you separated. Separated. See, you're a different race. You're a a super race. You're a super church. He said it was anointed man then, but now it's the anointed people. Why? Anointed by what? By by accepting what Eve turned down. Adam and Eve coming back with the anointing of the word. He said, my word is spirit. See, anointed with the word. What Eve turned down, he comes back and we accept. What did she turn down? She turned down an opportunity in life. But today he's come back in this hour. And now there's a bride that's not going to fall. There's a bride that's not going to turn him down. But she's going to accept his message. She's going to accept his life. She's going to accept his seed. So instead of refusing this, we accept it. He says, oh, Satan. He goes, oh, you know, but she turned around and listened to him. But but the even this last day is not going to do it. Oh, come on, evening light right around the world, even this last day. Oh, she's not going to do it. She can't fall like that first bride fell. She's predestinated not to fall. Oh, church, you can't lose tonight. God's going to finish it because he predestinated you to this moment. He said God's going to do it. He knows he'll have it. He said he'll have a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Oh, hallelujah and he says now he said he the bridegroom took away your shame put it in the sea of forgiveness by the washing of the water of the word and the blood of life he said that's what the bible said your first husband that you were married to the world the anointed bridegroom which forordained you has washed you by the washing of the water you are standing completely justified as though you never did it at the beginning this is my message to the church now you are standing as if you're standing on God's word and with God's word every man every Every jot, every tittle, where you're standing, I'm trying to tell you, pull away from the shucks and get out there into the wheat where you can ripe with the sun. I hear the coming of the combine. You're standing complete. I said you're standing complete. You're standing finished. Oh, justified, like you never did it in the first place. Somebody should say amen to that. When you look back over your life and all you see is scars and sin and shame. But God said you've never done it in the first place. I say oh glory to God tonight If you was where I was And you was going to that sinner's grave Where I was headed Oh God rich in mercy tonight said I'm going to finish this You were in my thoughts And now you stand perfect Now you stand complete Now you stand finished I say oh blessed be the name of the Lord I got a reason to worship I got a right to praise God He done this work He started it and he's finishing it He said, you are, somebody needs this tonight. You are the pure, virtuous, sinless bride of the son of the living God. Amen. Woo. I think I'll read that again because somebody needs it. I said, you are. Come on, somebody. Just give a witness tonight. You are. The virtuous, the pure, virtuous, sinless bride of the Son of the living God. Every man and woman that's born of the Spirit of God and washed in the blood of Jesus and believes every word of God stands as though you never sinned. Ooh. Glory! You say, Well, Brother Joe, I live the worst life. You all sin is equal sin. Some of you may have never sinned the sin that I sinned, but you still needed God. You still needed a savior. You still needed a redeemer. You still need a healer. You still need a deliverer. I said, Oh, God, rich and mercy. I never did it in the first place. He said, You're standing completely. You never sinned at the first place. God don't even know it. <laughs> Woo! God don't even know it. It's in the sea of forgiveness. You never did it. You were accused of it by the accuser, but really from the beginning, you were predestinated to be a son and daughter of God. Those thoughts, here they are again. He that began that work will perform it. You never did it. You never did it. Satan's in your ear. Wish me, oh, you did this. And oh, you did that. Somebody needs to quote this quote back to him. But I never did it. Yeah. But I never did it. I never did it. What are you talking about? I seen you. I saw you. I caught you in that. Oh, Satan, you may have saw me here, but in the beginning, oh, in the thoughts of God, I never did that. That wasn't me, and it's a new man now. I don't live by those same rules. I don't live by those same mistakes. I've been born again, and now I'm matching the very thoughts of Almighty God. What god thought of to me, I'm here today to finish it. Oh, hallelujah. He said your first wedding was annulled. You never done it in the first place. Oh, hallelujah. The end time message is to get a bride ready and prepare for the rapture. He said, according to Malachi 4, to bring back the faith that was once delivered to the saints, to bring them back to the faith of the fathers, the Pentecostal part in the restoration time, I will restore, I will finish, Amen. saith the Lord. He said, and Jesus is so close to coming to the earth now to the power or into his power has begun to catch the people and winding them up, getting them ready for the bride, getting ready to be caught up in the rapture of church that'll just fit just exactly to be taken up. Through its power will draw the rest of them that's born again out of the earth. Jesus coming. This word is bringing such a move on your heart such a movement in the body of Christ that's going to surge in one day. That desire, that longing, that love that we have for this word and for God and for this message is going to catch us all up, and that power is going to lift those out of the grave, and we're all going to rise up, church. Oh, we've already been seen in the preview. We've already been seen in a vision. Can I go through that with you just as we begin to close right now? He said, oh, I had a dream there, a little. He goes, I had a dream or a vision last week. When the bride came in the preview of it, there came up, I know you spoke on this just the other day, but I'm gonna go back through it just cause it, it struck my heart. He said, and there came up a little bride, lovely in the vision. Ooh, come on, church. He's talking about you. But, Brother Joe, I got wrinkles, I got issues, I got mistakes, I got depression, I got fear, I got anxiety, I got a vision. I got the vision of you. You don't look like you're depressed, you don't look like you're full of anxiety and no medication. You look like that pure, sinless, virtuous bride. Quit looking in the mirror at your calamities and look at the vision. What the vision has spoke of you. He says, "I heard a voice by the side of me it said, "Here is a preview of the bride." And she came by, and I noticed her the way she was. I want you to listen, because this is where you are. She was very lovely. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. She was very lovely. She was pretty, young. Hallelujah. Come on, the old people should have danced on that one. She was just, she was walking just to the step as she could. Not a march, just in a stride of a woman. How walking gracefully, very ladylike. Oh, come on. You got this picture just in your mind right now. Man, carrying herself like a lady. Right. Not some harlot, not some prostitute, but a lady. Right. The way the lady should conduct herself and carry herself. That's the way she was walking, coming into my left, or coming to my left on this side, and she went out on my right. And I looked coming to me, and I seen, why wow, the most pretty bunch of clean-dressed women that I've ever seen in my life. But each of them, they looked like they were dressed different. They all had long hair. They were in long sleeves and skirts and so forth. Young women, and they looked kind. And I'd say maybe about 20. And she was the cleanest. Now, I'm pulling this from several different places when he speaks about the bride in the preview. He says, she was the cleanest, sweetest-looking people that I've ever seen in my life. She passed by sweetly with an air you know how it is? You've seen that lady that's, you know, Sister Karen was one of those ladies. When she walked by, she just had an air about her. That so she was a godly example of ladyhood, of Christianity. She was what God emulated and put here to be an example. Some of you ladies even here tonight, some of you older sisters that are, you've been examples for years. She walks sweetly with an air. You ain't got them old high skirts up trying to be 20 years old again. No, you recognize I'm a lady, I'm a sister. You carry yourself with an air of respect, decency, morality. He says she she was the cleanest, sweetest looking people I've ever seen. Passed by sweetly with an air, her eyes up watching as she passed by. She was watching. She ain't got her head all down all concerned about what's going on around her, but she was watching. Amen. Watching what? Watching the prophet. Watching his eyes. Notice what he says here. She was beautiful, and I looked at her, and she passed by and said, that's the bride. Whew. Hallelujah. But he said, now we're going to review the churches. said, that's the bride, but now we're going to review the churches. Look, Like it got worse. I've seen them such filthy bunch in my life. Or goes, I've never seen such a filthy bunch in my life. And I heard a noise next and it was, here comes the American group. And he showed me each church as they come up out of the ages, oh my, how vulgar. And the last one was just the last day church which was led by a witch. They were so immorally dressed, so filthy looking, and they were marching to the time of twist and rock and roll. And those women throwing themselves just in the twist with holding just a paper gray hypocritical worship, a gray paper looking paper holding in front of them with the lace like a hula skirt holding it in the front and completely nude from the waist up and was marching to the time of twisting and carrying on with the music walking up. And I said, "Is that is the church? Each one of them had their hair cut, real short, frizzy-looking things, hauled over like that, real short-cut hair, full of makeup, absolutely nothing but look like street prostitutes. And he said, and is that the church? He goes, when it passed by me, my heart liked to faint. And I thought, if that's what I'm trying to be, or if that's what is trying to be presented to Christ as a bride, oh, all the efforts and things that man has put forth to try to bring forth a bride for Christ and vulgar and dirty and filthy-looking prostitute like that to be the bride of Christ, it made me sick to my heart. She passed by, in the whole back part, there was no covering, and she passed by, and he said, I fell faint and sickly. See, church had all seemed but lost. Through all the efforts of theologians, all we could produce is a filthy church. One that would dress immoral. One that would be nude from her waist up. One that would come walking in and her church services would be full of twist and rock and roll. Women throwing themselves completely nude from the waist up and no covering on the back part. And now you have these these tights that they wear all over the place, even to the house of God. That's nothing but nudity. See, it seemed that Satan had won. There was no power in the church to live a victorious life. No strength to live above sin and Satan's vices and his cold, formal, powerless religion. His plan of perversion to deceive the godly seed prevailed, so it, pe- it appeared. But we find in Matthew 24, 24, it says that it would deceive the very elect if it was possible. Oh, but it's impossible to deceive the elect. He said the church positioned before the foundation world when, when God in His labor pain was bringing forth bringing her forth, knowing what she would do, He positionally placed her in His own body to be a housewife, to be a farmer, to be a preacher, to be a prophet, to be this, to be that. He placed you positionally. He says now, then God, having predestinated the church, He said all the peoples there were million times millions that walked very religious and they were deceived. Only the ones that will not be deceived will be the ones that come over into the promised land. Just as we heard Sunday, those that have crossed over into that promised land, they won't be deceived by church because they've already crossed over. They left Cadiz Barnea. They quit going around and around and around the mountain. They have crossed into the supernatural. They have crossed into the born-again experience with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, you get that in your heart, you'll never be deceived. You won't be that church going down to destruction, but you'll be that church that God sees in a vision. He said, false Christ will rise in the last days will deceive the very elect if it was possible. But it's not possible. He said, no, sir, the elect was foreordained. So he he said, they will not be deceived. The bride will come into preview again. Oh, Brother Derek, it looked like it was lost. It looked like every effort that man had done to put God a church on the scene. Oh, she went down in destruction. But God says, oh, that that bride, not the church, but the bride is going to come back in preview. Oh, God is determined, Brother Tim, to finish it. Why she was at the beginning is why she's going to be in the end time. The bride will come in the preview again. And here the bride came behind her. The very same looking bride that passed by at the beginning. Oh, my heart jumped for joy. And they don't want us to get excited. Oh, they don't want us to get emotional. No, sir, I see myself in the vision. I'm not that one going down in the structure. Oh, but here I come again. And what she was in the Ephesian age is what she is in the Laodicean age. Woo. Same there of ladyhood, beautiful, long sleeves, long skirts, long hair, modest. Notice what he says. Now the very same looking bride that passed by at the beginning, then my heart jumped for joy to know that there will be a bride. She will be made the same thing, clothed in the same thing. The one that was at the beginning, she is to be called. He goes now, he says, I know that to be the truth. If this isn't the truth, then every vision that I've had it goes, in the back, what has been wrong, and anyone knows that, not one thing as I've ever told you, but what has been the truth, it came to pass, and he's telling you, this is the truth. The bride is in preview again. The bride passed by in the same position that she was in in the beginning. He said, all the others went off in their chaos. They left. They disappeared, still beating to the music, making real funny sounds, shaking their bodies one side to the other. Oh, but wait. The bride must come again. I said, oh, glory to God, brother. Ann. The bride is here. She's here today. Church. The wait is over. The bride is on the scene. The manifestation of the sons of God. We are here. We have crossed over into the promised land and what she was in that day she is again the same in this day he will finish it he will finish it she's perfectly the second time like she was the first time musicians please come oh but the bride came back because she was alpha and omega god the great sculpture had made him a masterpiece for it is piece of his first masterpiece like he made in the Garden of Eden, took a piece from, and made another piece. And that marred and failed. And now he's been all time building it up again. And he brought forth this masterpiece. And was smitten in order that the part was smitten was in order to bring back again the masterpiece again. So the masterpiece of the Son of God, the masterpiece and the bride is peace of him which must be the fulfilling of the word. The word has been fulfilled and we're ready for the coming of the Lord. He said the masterpiece fell at Pentecost. Nacia Rome, she come through the process, but she is coming right back again to that masterpiece, perfected. Because she's part of the word which was spoken by him. He will have a church without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. That's the reason the bride came in the preview the second time. There has to be a church called out of the latter day like there was in the first day, just exactly. The tree come from its roots up to the bride tree like it did in that time, God's masterpiece again. Oh, church, there's no tragedy but what he's aware of it. There's no sickness. He would we'll just play something. We're going to turn the service over to Brother Mike. There's no sickness that he's threatened by. There's nothing... defeat the purpose of God you are tonight the pure sinless virtuous bride of Jesus Christ you are the invincible army you are not the church but you are the bride with the same character the same beauty of holiness the same air of sweetness that was in the first bride you are in the second bride See, you are his masterpiece. You are his crowning achievement. God has waited to the last age for you to get ready. And he saw you. And not only did he see you, he allowed a prophet to see you in preview. To give you the assurance. No matter what you're going through here, that has nothing to do with it. You've already been seen. So he's going to finish all this to match
0: this. Amen.
1: These others went off in chaos. They went off in destruction. All oh, church, but we're marching to onward Christian soldier. Marching as to war. All oh, with the beauty of holiness. An air of sweetness. A real queen. See, we've been promised a body change. He'll finish it. We've been promised you can lay hands on the sick And they shall recover He'll finish it We've been promised a wedding supper of the Lamb There's a place set for you He will finish it He will make good on his promise We've been promised that we're going to sit with him in his throne He will finish it We've been promised that he'll wipe all the tears away We're longing for that day He's going to finish it We've been longing and promised That the day and their offspring They will be there with us I don't know how. I don't know when. But he will finish it. He will bring it to pass. We've been promised that there will be no more heartaches, no more suffering, no more no more loneliness, no more loss of a loved one. And he will finish it. He promised you church you'll never feel another pain, another disappointment. You'll never have to come into a church service defeated. He will finish it. Bow your heads with me if you would. Father, how we thank you tonight. What a word you have given us, Lord. Through a prophetic message, Lord. Not my message, but the message you sent through a prophet. A vindicated mouthpiece for this hour. Lord, declaring that you showed a distinction between the church and the bride. Lord, and we can see that what man has produced has produced a church that is out of rhythm with everything that this Bible stands for. But there is a bride, Lord, and she's a match piece to you. Same character, same life, same zeal, same love. Bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh. And Lord, you showed her to a prophet in a vision. You gave him an example of what that first church or that first bride looked like that one that was first planted in the Ephesian age. And you knew there would, be, there would be other ages, Lord, and that church would go down in destruction, go down through the dark ages, but she'd begin to rise again, Lord, because you was always working on that masterpiece. And what Father Satan has had his intellectual denominational bride working on her, Lord, bringing her here into this age. But Father, we find that that age, that bride goes down in destruction. But this one here, what she was in the beginning is what she is Now. God, what a promise of finishing. You show us through the message, God. You show us through the scriptures. It's always been about you and a bride. And we got down to the end of the age, Lord, through a prophet's message. And again, you're showing us the bride. Father, help us to see who we are. Not our failures, not our defeats, not our difficulties, not our our loneliness, not our complexes and our fears and depression, but God, help us to see exactly who we are. We are that sinless, virtuous bride of Jesus Christ. Never done it in the first place. Lord, I ask that you bless your people tonight. Lord, I pray that you would be with them. Go with them. Strengthen them, Lord. Lord, if they ever have a doubt, may they just come back to this message tonight to realize who they are. Lord, we're so thankful and so, so grateful that we have a ministry here at Evening Light Tabernacle. Lord, not that it's the only ministry that there is, but God, it's a great ministry and sound doctrine. Great preaching comes from this pulpit, Lord. Atmosphere that the word can be received because, Lord, this is not about a man, but this is about building your kingdom, pointing man to your kingdom, getting that bride ready for a change. Lord, we want to dress this bride in the robe of your righteousness that you can come and rapture her, Lord. Take her off the scene, Lord God, and that pull will be so great and that power will be so magnetic that it'll pull those souls that have gone on, the Karen Pruitts of the world, the Jerry Shoals that have gone on before us, Lord, it'll pull them right up, Lord God. And we'll meet you in the air, Lord, to sit down with you at a wedding table and to feast and to reign for eternity. God bless us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name, amen all that
0: really counts all that's really true Tell them all that I really, really want, Lord, is You. Oh, all that really counts, all that's really true. Amen. give thanks. Let's all stand and sing that now. Give thanks. And give thanks with a grateful heart. Amen. Can you thank him? Amen. That you've been seen in that vision tonight. Give thanks because he's us. You love the lord tonight and all that he's done for us and there won't be any service here in the sanctuary on on sunday amen but wherever you are i pray his presence will be with you and amen continue to remember these needs tonight and through the week ahead amen he's a wonderful wonderful savior amen as we go let's sing this song when i'm feeling afraid Soul of uncertainty When the plans that I've made All fall apart When the future's unclear